and I left my friends behind me. A Star Wars fan fiction, written by Renette, and read by God of Laundry Baskets. It is rated teen enough, featuring Finn, Jesse, Rex, Kicks, and Fives. The criff is a shiny doing here, someone called, and Finn turned heart racing. No one was supposed to be here. This base had been abandoned recently, hence it being deemed an acceptable risk for him to mod some newly captured armor and do some recon. The idea was that some of his codes might still be functional, as the First Order was still in chaos after the destruction of Starkiller Base. But those were... okay. Not stormtroopers, although they passed the sniff test at first glance. But the armor was all wrong. And not only that, they'd defaced it with graphic markings in bright blue, each trooper wearing an individualized design. No way Captain Chrome Dome would have let them get away with that, nor would Hux. Which meant... Hell, Finn hadn't the first idea what that meant. Are they rolling out new armor? Someone else asked, the pair of troopers approaching. But they kept their weapons trained down, obviously not viewing Finn as a threat. And he could be, but he'd rather try and talk them out of their blind obedience to the Order. Hey, Shiny, you got a name yet? The trooper with the pauldron asked, an officer then, and, and asking if he had a name. That was not SOP. Yeah, I'm Finn, he said, careful not to stammer and give away his nerves, wondering if maybe, maybe the base was being used by deserters? If they used names and had personalized armor, maybe other troopers had escaped, too? The idea sent his heart soaring. He knew he shouldn't get his hopes up, but but the idea that Finn wasn't the first to see that the First Order was wrong and just leave, he knew there were other defectors. Those who left the First Order, though, tended to be officers, not troopers, people whose money or connections could protect them from retribution. Despite the fact Finn could see in hindsight that he had probably been on an officer candidate's track, he had still been trained to think of himself as little more than a meat droid, born to die for the glory of the First Order. And he had neither money nor connections to protect him, especially since he'd taken up arms against the First Order. Hey, Finn, I'm guessing you're lost, one of the troopers said, and there was a kindness to his tone that Finn had never heard from another trooper. Nearby, another trooper snickered quietly. Uh, yeah... Finn said carefully. My intel said this base was abandoned. I was just doing Greekon for the general. Wow, we've got to remember that one, 
one of them said quietly. Recon. Shut up, Fives, the kind trooper said. But his voice came through clearly amused, even through the helmet mics. Don't mind him. Fives thinks he's clever or something. Jesse, the trooper identified as Fives whined, and the officer clapped Finn on the shoulder. Finn set the markings on their armor to memory. Jesse's helmet was marked with what looked like a spoked wheel of the Old Republic, Fives with a graphic in blue and red that Finn couldn't quite make into a recognizable shape. He'd remember it, though. The officer's helmet was marked with... Tuca? Ears, maybe? Above the eye slit. Come on, Finn. Let's get you to Kex. Once you've been through your intake, we'll find you a bunk. The officer said. I'm amazed you were able to get through the cordon. I'll have to speak with the sergeant. One of the others snickered quietly, but not unkindly, at the idea of the sergeant getting a talking to. Finn could understand that. Poor security meant losses, and unexplained losses were unacceptable. They might be trained to die for the First Order, but only on the First Order's say-so. And everyone was always happy when someone else was getting read their infractions, so long as they were in the clear themselves. Finn didn't argue. He was outnumbered, and he could see the competency in every move the troopers made. He'd have to sneak back out provided he didn't get locked up or shot as soon as he took off his bucket. But to fight these men, to attempt to gun them down without warning, it would not only be suicidal, it went against everything Finn was trying to be. Killing without thought, acting without compassion. That was what the First Order had wanted him to be. That was everything he had aligned himself against. Hey, Kicks! The officer called as he ushered Finn into what was clearly a medical suite, stripped down and functional, but medical just the same. Finn's heart began to race in his chest. Not good. If they drugged him, he wouldn't be able to fight, wouldn't be able to escape. Captain, the medic, kicks evidently, greeted. Gotten off schedule, shiny, standard intake, the captain directed captain. The pauldron made sense then. That was fairly standard. All right, shiny, face off, Kix commanded, and Finn blinked a moment before realizing that by shiny they meant him, and by face the medic meant helmet. Swallowing thickly, Finn complied. I lied, not standard intake the captain said, the medic's eyes widening. No kidding, sir, Kix said quietly. You have a name, kid? Where do you get that armor? Name's Finn, he said, jutting his chin up just a little in defiant pride. FN-2187, formerly Starkiller Base. The armor, well, he didn't need it anymore. F and you've got to be criffing kidding me. Kid, who put you up to this? The captain asked, taking off his own helmet. Finn blinked, then blinked again. They were identical. 
the medic and the captain were identical. Sure, their hair was styled differently, and they didn't carry themselves in quite the same manner, but they were identical. Brown skin, a few shades lighter than his own, amber-brown eyes, the same sharp cheekbones and broad mouth. Identical. Finn had heard that such was possible, but he'd never actually seen it with his own eyes. I told you, my general sent me on recon, Finn said firmly, and Kix and Rex traded a look. Which general do you report to? The captain asked almost gently. Organa, Finn replied, wrinkling his brow slightly. There weren't that many resistant generals left after the destruction of the Hossian system, and everyone seemed to know about General Organa's pet stormtrooper. The captain and the medic exchanged another look. Maybe Finn had found the one place no one actually had heard of his defection. Right. Well, Kix is going to do your intake. I'll find you standard armor. If anyone else asks, give them your name first and your CT-2187 if they press. Riffing hells, the captain grumbled and stalked off, muttering under his breath. Right, Kix said. My standards are based on Vode physiology, so you're probably not going to fit any of my ranges. This'll be fun. Kix was either lying or had a very strange idea of fun. Finn decided the latter. He'd probably lost more blood to the medic than he did fighting Kylo Fripping Wren. Here, sit still. Kix said after a while and handed Finn a data pad. Finn blinked, surprised they'd trust him with a net accessible device. And then he scrolled through the menu and realized the functions were so limited it might as well have been produced half a century before the pad he left back at the base. Still, there were mission reports easily accessible, so Finn could at least get an idea of what sort of fighters he had fallen in with. Not even halfway through the first report, Finn decided Kix was pranking him. It was the strangest prank Finn had ever been subjected to, and that was saying something given he hung out with a bunch of pilots. But the report was talking about Jedi. Multiple Jedi. And yes, one of them was Skywalker, which he had half expected, but Skywalker had never been a general, a commander, and to hear Poe talk about it, one of the luckiest pilots in the black, but not a general. Something... something weird was happening. Quite frequently, though, Finn had heard General Organa bemoaning the loss of information during the rise of the Empire and during the reformation of the Republic. From what he'd gleaned, the old Jedi had kept massive repositories of knowledge, and all that and more had been lost when the Emperor came to power. Even more had been banned or purged during the Emperor's reign. He didn't doubt. Much had been lost with the Hossian system, too. 
as a new republic capital, was likely the repository for a lot of information. By the fat, Kicks swore, taking in the thick rope of scar tissue all but bisecting his new patient's torso. Finn's back muscles tensed as he looked up from the pad, broad shoulders bunching with tension. Kicks shook his head. Only one thing could cut like that. You run afoul of a Sith or something? He asked, trying to figure out how Finn had survived such a wound. Sith? Finn asked, understanding from tone alone that a Sith was likely nothing good. Sort of like a Jedi, but with a red-bladed saber, usually trying to kill all of us poor brothers and the Jedi, unless they're flirting with General Kenobi, Kix said. Finn might not know anybody named Kenobi, although it sounded familiar. But otherwise, that fit Ren like custom armor. Troopers on missions with Ren or his knights died at an alarmingly disproportionate rate. Yeah, guess I did. Didn't know there was a technical term for homicidal maniac that thinks troopers are a good place to extinguish his blade. Finn gritted out, fear and anger still rolling at the thought of Ren and the injuries the Sith. He'd have to remember that word for Ray had done to Finn's friends. Kix scoffed, then clapped Finn on the shoulder. I want to put you through the imager. I'm guessing they had to reconstruct your spine, but other than that, you seem in fine fitness. I'd like to keep you overnight just to make sure, though, the medic said, peeling off his gloves. That's fine. Rest my blacks off, Finn asked, reaching for the waistband of his compression shorts. Kix nodded, and Finn stripped to the skin, then followed to the imaging machine. Like the datapad, it appeared old and clunky, and Finn had a strong suspicion that these brothers had been in hiding for a while. Was the information he was reading on the pad even up to date? He pushed the worry aside. He had to stay alive first, and for the moment, that meant keeping his head down, just in case these troopers turned out to be First Order loyalists after all. Kix directed Finn to the fresher with a set of infirmary fatigues, a loose tunic and leggings that were easy to climb in and out of when injured. By the time the kid had to run through the sonics and got dressed, Kix had some of the bloods back. A few anomalies when compared to a Camino-bred and raised brother, but nothing too alarming. When Kix got the bright idea to pull up the files on a few of the generals that were listed as human. So, I'm guessing he's not really a shiny, Rex said thoughtfully that night when he, Kix, and the others who had met Finn gathered together. Definitely not a shiny, and he's one of us, even if he doesn't look like it or, you know, come out of a tube on Camino, Kix said. He's probably pouch-born, the naval structure is different on them, but I would wager he could pass any of the tests they put us through. He probably won't fit quite right in the armor. He's built bulkier than we are, but that can be worked around, Jesse volunteered. 
I'll pass word, Fives said with a grin, and the others nodded bemusedly. In the morning, Finn found himself fussed over by the medic, then given armor-weave undersuit marked with... He blinked. And squinted. Republic, he identified. Old Republic. The mostly open eight-spoked wheel symbol had been phased out decades ago, replaced at first with the darker six-spoked cog of the Empire, later with the modified starboard of the New Republic. The First Order had used a mini-spike cog set in a hexagon as their sigil, and Finn was pleased to find little similarity between the two, save perhaps the fact that there was a spoked wheel central to the design. If these troopers were using the symbol of the Old Republic, honestly, he was a little amazed at their brazenness. The base was out in the outer rim, yes, but the sheer gall of defecting and not going to the Resistance, not even to the New Republic, but isolating themselves and wearing Old Republic symbols, he... Honestly, had no idea what could have motivated them. He'd have thought the markings on the trooper's helmet the day before an aesthetic choice, not a declaration of loyalty. Finn would learn what he could, he determined, and keep his mouth closed as much as possible. They clearly hadn't recognized General Organa's name, so there was no saying how long they'd been isolated out here. He would need to pay attention to figure out how best to escape without sacrificing the safety of these troopers. They weren't his enemies. Oh, Finn said quite suddenly one day as they were tending their armor. The brothers around him looked over in mild curiosity. Clones, Finn said. I can't believe- You guys are clones. A number of impossibilities flitted through his mind, and he had to accept one of them as fact, simply because nothing else made sense. He was in the past. He was in the Old Republic, and it was simply the Republic as yet, with Empire and Restoration yet to come. I mean, we prefer Vode, Jesse said. Or brother, Echo piped up. But yeah, clones, Jesse finished, as if Echo hadn't interrupted him. What, you thought we were all born this handsome by chance? Fives scoffed, and Finn chuckled along with the others, mind still reeling to process his realization. No, it's just... Finn started, then paused. How did you tell a man he was destined to betray the cause for which he fought? How do you tell a man he'd likely be killed within the next few years? Where I'm from, cloning's been illegal for decades, Finn settled on telling them. At first, I thought maybe you were just, like, the biggest IVF batch ever, but there would be more variation, and sisters, unless they controlled for that. Well, we are born in badges, 
one of the Vodae teased, and Finn chuckled again to hide his unease. These were clones, soldiers of the Old Republic, which meant Criff. Empire followed Old Republic, and the changeover had been uh, violent, to say the least. General Organa had only been a baby then, Finn knew, trying to remember more. The general's father, not Skywalker, but Organa, the father she claimed, the one who had loved and raised her, had been a senator. That was why the others had been confused at first, Finn thought. They knew the Organa name as a senator, not the general of the resistance. Finn tried to remember what else he knew about the fall of the Republic. Most of it, he knew, was tinged with First Order propaganda, meant to paint the Empire in the best light. The rebirth of the Empire, after all, was the First Order's core belief and reason for existence. That was reason enough in Finn's mind to dread what the Empire had been, what it might yet come to be in this strange world he found himself in. Jedi traitors, Finn's mind whispered, and he remembered that propaganda real well. An age-distorted hollow of two men fighting with lightsabers, flickering in and out of the receptor's ability to record their movements. One of them was tall and strong and healthy-looking, the Jedi Master Mace Windu, who the First Order named a traitor, and who General Organa had named one of the Jedi High Generals of the Clone Wars, a man still remembered fondly as a Hammer of Ryloth, even fifty years later. Even as a trooper, there had been a quiet little voice in Finn that mourned the fall of a man of such incredible fighting ability. The other was the Emperor, the first and last Emperor of the Galactic Empire, and a monster that made Kylo Ren look like a child having a tantrum. At least Ren never threw lightning out of his hands at people. There had been something... Something about how they switched from clone troopers to stormtroopers that was important, Finn thought. Had been dressed up in the massive casualty numbers from the end of the war, but there had been... <sighs> he fought down an agitated curse. He would remember because it was important. He had to remember. Partly, he thought it was economics. It was expensive to buy a purpose-grown army of clones, but he was certain there was more to it than that. Why, then, had the Empire switched almost wholly to natural-born troopers? Finn knew they had, because those records at least were easily accessible. The First Order was more than happy to advertise how they had taken the wreckage of the Empire and built upon it. They had taken the original stormtrooper training and reformatted those academics into the trooper indoctrination program in which Finn himself had been raised. From what Finn was piecing together from the stories of Camino, there were similarities to his own indoctrination and training, but also vast differences. Neither the clones nor the troopers Finn had been raised with, though, ever had any choice in what they wanted to do with their lives. In quieter whispers, stories passed through the barracks, brothers who had gone missing but never accounted for as dead, and how some of the generals quietly looked the other way when men ghosted from the ranks, leaving empty bunks behind. As the weeks passed, 
Finn learned all he could as they shifted from base to ship to battle then shipboard again. It would be easy enough to slip away, he thought. But what would he do then? He'd be lost and alone and at least twenty years before his own birth. Better he stick with the troopers, the Vode. He might get shot, he might get killed, but he also just might learn something important about the Old Republic, something that could help. And frankly, unless he figured out how to get back to his own time, he had nothing better to do, and he was excellent at shooting droids. Figuring out how to get to his own time, well... Finn was utterly unsure where to even start with that task. He didn't know how he'd fallen into the past to start with. From the shenanigans Finn heard attributed to the generals, he imagined the Force had something to do with it. Although, what the Force wanted with Finn, he couldn't even begin to imagine. He'd held his own against Ren well enough, he supposed, but from the sound of it, it didn't take the force to wield a lightsaber, although that certainly made it easier. The more action Finn saw under the command of General Skywalker, the more Finn began to recognize certain things. Jedi, the rare times Finn saw them, fought like the Knights of Ren, dashing ahead of the troops in showy advances, lightsabers flaring as both offense and defense. Even the formations they used were familiar, indicating that despite that the clone soldiers hadn't survived, much of their tactics had. Have the Jedi come up with these formations? Finn would wonder, some knights in his rack. Did they know how many troopers they sacrificed in their advances? Did it matter? Were the Jedi as heartless as the First Order's inherited Empire biases claimed? Finn didn't want to believe that, but the Vode died by the hundreds, the thousands, the tens of thousands, almost every time they went into battle. Was Master Skywalker like this? Finn wondered, remembering the hollows of General Skywalker blazing through a battalion of droids. He had only seen the general in passing, although he did seem to spend time among the men. Was this what Rey would be learning at Master Skywalker's side? Suddenly, Jedi training didn't seem so exciting. More like a good way to get killed. And he'd seen enough of that with the First Order. Of the Jedi, Finn saw Commander Tano the most. She was down among the men more than the generals were, more than any of the other Padawan commanders. The first time he had seen her, Finn had been more than glad of his helmet. While he had become used to seeing non-human sentience around with the Resistance, he still didn't quite expect to see them, and especially not in command. The trouble was, of course, that as much as he admired her skills and tenacity, Tana was as nuts as Skywalker. He thought she'd get on with General Organa fairly well, though. Hey, Finn, you know any piloting? When the trooper is called one day. Finn glanced over. Stryker, one of the Vode and Shadow Squadron. Nah, Finn called back. Gunner, why? What's up? Inspection's coming through. It'll be easier to hide you in another battalion while they're inspecting us than transfer you back. 
one of the other Vode of Shadow Squadron said. Tag, Finn remembered. We're meeting up with the 91st before then. They're not too pilot-heavy, Broadside suggested. You think General Windu won't notice him? We've only been able to hide him this long because we're at the tip of the spear, so our casualty numbers are so awesome, Contrail argued. Who else are we riding with? Cody, Tag said dryly, and the other Vode groaned. It took Finn a moment, and then he grimaced, too. Cody meant Commander Cody, who was, to Finn's knowledge, one of the highest-ranked of the Vode, Marshal Commander in charge of the Third System's army and the Seventh Sky Corps, the second in command to General Kenobi. Kenobi who Finn had finally remembered, as a Jedi who had trained both Skywalkers, from what General Organa had said. Frankly, it didn't seem like a terribly safe space to be, but an inspection would surely catch him out. Which is less likely to find me? Finn asked. Honestly, they're both good generals, from what I hear, which is actually, well... Not good in this case, Tag said, and the others nodded. Finn did too, understanding. A good general, as Avode considered these things, got to know their troops, cared about them, spent time with them. That sort of thing would get Finn noticed much more quickly. It was likely they had a fairly good ratio of men surviving battles too, which meant it would be harder to sneak Finn in. Only the high turnover in the 501st had kept General Skywalker from noticing Finn yet, since Skywalker was usually accompanied by Rex and the veteran Torrent Company. In the end, Finn transferred to the 41st Elite Corps under General Luminara Unduli and Padawan Commander Boris Afi, just a little before the inspection of the 501st. Various Vode reaching out to brothers and other companies to finesse the flimsy work necessary— as Finn was still wearing unmarked white armor, he at least didn't have to scour 501st Blue off his gear before he arrived. After reporting in to Clone Commander Gree, Finn was settled into a bunk. Scuttlebutt about the irregular swiftly made the circuit, although the Vode were welcoming as a whole. Still, to them, the idea of a natural-born able to fight at clone standards was something that had to be seen to be believed— Finn clocked a lot of hours on the range and in the ring, both practicing and competing with the Vode. General Unduli wasn't a bad leader, but she was distant, and Commander Offie was a healer, so she spent all her spare time in the medbay. As long as Finn didn't get hurt, he'd likely be fine. Eventually, General Unduli's troops came due for an inspection. Once again, Finn's information was finessed. This time, he ended up in the 21st Nova Corps of General Kiyadim Mundi. Mundi was another good, if somewhat distant, general, a decent tactician, but one who didn't mingle much with the men. With the 21st, Finn could relax a little, not as paranoid that someone would see him without his bucket on and start asking awkward questions. He kept up his self-driven education program, reading all he could about the history of the Republic, the Jedi, military tactics, representative governance, and a host of other things. 
He couldn't believe he'd been dropped into the past for no reason whatsoever, but he still needed to figure out what that reason was. When Finn shifted battalions again, he happily landed back with the 501st. Vader's fist, they had been called under the Empire, the elite troops who answered to Lord Vader alone. In this time, while they were certainly an elite battalion, and had a certain cash from serving under the Hero with No Fear, as the Holopress had dubbed Skywalker, they weren't infamous in the same way Vader's fist had been. There had been no Imperial unit more feared, and the death rates had been catastrophic. The troopers of the Fist, fanatically loyal to Vader and willing to follow him against insurmountable odds. Having met the brothers of the 501st when he arrived, Finn settled back in amongst them fairly easily. There were a few actual shinies that needed to have Finn's situation explained to them, but they were all willing to play along. Some of the shinies asked Finn questions, but the more experienced troopers fended them off. Finn was glad. He wasn't sure how to answer without giving everything away. And now he was invested, too, in finding out all he could, seeing if he could prevent the Empire that gave birth to the First Order. The End Thank you for listening. Reader's Notes I love the whole idea of Finn being the one to time travel back to the Clone Wars and set things right. And I also really love the idea of the clone troopers like being like, I recognize this, but also not. And like, uh, Finn getting to like actually embrace the individuality of the clone troopers, which the individuality is actually like celebrated a little bit. And, like, I feel like they would just, like, I love the idea of their dynamic together and, like, Finn getting to learn from them and them getting to, like, learn with Finn and then Finn going off and rescuing the whole empire and stopping everything. Uh, Like, obviously this fic, um, as it is part of Renette's uh, unfinished fix series, um... It, this is it, but like, oh, the idea. I love it. It's so good. Finn and clone troopers, just like feelings. I love, I love them together. I love them protecting each other and the 501st and everybody else like hiding Finn and protecting him to make sure ah, that he's safe because they want their brothers to be safe, and Finn, while an unconventional, irregular brother, is still a brother. It's good. (sighs) Anyways, the end. Thank you for listening.